Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Thursday, October 27th, 544 a.m. Central Time. As I speak here, December corn futures up two and three quarters at 687 and three quarters. January soybeans up five at 1398. December Chicago wheat up 10 at 850 and a half. December Kansas City wheat up seven and three quarters at 948 and a half. December spring wheat up six and three quarters at 958 and three quarters. If you guys are listening on the podcast, appreciate it. As always, ratings and reviews, very much welcome. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Make sure you hit the like button. Leave me a comment if you've got crop updates, basis updates, yield updates, um, anything along those lines, any opinion on anything that I say here, drop it in the comments. Those comments really help YouTube to help me to grow this channel. Appreciate it as always. If you'd like some additional information from me, guys, go to my website, www.standardgrain.com. Check out my premium subscription service today. I send my premium subscribers a ton of information direct from me every single business day. Morning email goes out about 5.30 a.m. Central. In that email, you'll see every overnight headline you need to be aware of. Charts, graphics, weather information, all of my grain marketing recommendations, my daily subscriber-only videos are part of this deal. Yesterday, we did kind of a seasonal study. Does corn rally after November 1st? Went through a whole bunch of data the last 10 years. Uh, Look for some trends, patterns. You know, is it a good idea to hold corn? Is it not? If you guys are interested in this sort of content, sign up today. 50 bucks a month. Cancel at any time. No other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else, I promise. Vladimir Putin is likely to use the Black Sea grain deal as leverage at next month's G20 summit. Uh, Moscow has not confirmed at this point that Putin will attend the summit. I I think that he will. Uh, This is going to be in Indonesia. It begins on November 15th. Now, uh, coincidentally, the grain deal is set to expire on November 19th, just a few days after this thing begins. One unnamed diplomat uh, told Reuters uh, a few things, had some comments here. He said this, The grain deal will be the centerpiece of the G20 summit, and everyone will be trying to convince Putin to extend it, essentially to allow it to roll roll over or extend it for longer. It is a way for the Russians to hold the cards at the G20 summit, but a rollover or longer-term extension of the deal doesn't cost them anything. Uh, This diplomat, who again was unnamed, went on to say, Russia will take it to the brink, but they'll extend the deal because they won't want to face the international opprobrium of ending the grain deal. This is the first big event since the war began, and every head of state wants to be a mediator, beginning with President Macron of France. Uh, They'll make a beeline for Putin's hotel room to be the mediator who convinced Putin to extend the grain deal, so Putin will be the kingmaker at the summit. That's all according to one uh, Ukraine or um, uh, European diplomat uh, cited by Reuters here. So this is a big deal. I know that this has been going on for so long that, um, like, I think we become kind of immune to these headlines. I just, I still think this Black Sea situation in general has the ability to have a tremendous impact on our markets. It just hasn't for a little while because we haven't seen the sort of escalation that would do that. Now, speaking of that, U.S. Secretary of State uh, Anthony Blinken warned Putin of the consequences involved in the use of nuclear weapons. Uh, Blinken said this, We've communicated uh, very clearly and directly to the Russians, including President Putin. We're concerned. 
Blinken pledged continued U.S. support for Ukraine. He said that the energy transition in Europe is ongoing. He said it would be not without pain. He said that the U.S. is prepared to increase production of U.S. oil and gas in order to keep energy prices in check in Europe. So, I mean, Blinken's talking about nuclear. Putin's talking about nuclear. Um, so I still think, I mean, I've got to make the argument that this is still, it still has the ability or potential to have a like super drastic impact on our markets if there were some sort of exchange. Uh, yeah, we don't want that to happen. I know a lot of people don't think that's going to happen, but I, I think I've got to argue that it's, it's at least a possibility, which is uh, terrifying in itself. U.S. ethanol production improved last week. We've seen a nice seasonal rebound here, as we often do uh, around this time of year. You know, harvest corn deliveries arrive at ethanol plants. Ethanol production improves. Weekly output, 1.033 million barrels per day. That was up 1.7% on the week, still down almost 7% versus the same week last year. So we're trending below uh, a year ago, and that's been the case. Uh, again, normal seasonal increase. Uh, ethanol stocks were up 2% on the week. Um, they're still at their second highest level on record seasonally. So you've still got this situation where ethanol stocks are really high, but that's kind of been going on for like months now. On average, over the last four weeks, implied U.S. gasoline demand is running about 6% below the same period last year. And that's been the case for a while now. Got some rains on the radar this morning over Nebraska, uh, parts of South Dakota, maybe a little bit of Minnesota, maybe a little bit of Iowa. I'm not sure of uh, any overnight totals. If you guys have any reports, drop them in the comments. Uh, next seven days, the heaviest amounts or largest accumulation will be centered over the say, south-central part of the country, southeastern part of the country, uh, some of these uh, river delta areas. When you look at river levels, this is a different uh, uh, chart of river levels at Memphis. This goes back a year. So you're super low, but we've seen a recovery uh, to some extent. I believe levels have increased by about 1.6 uh, feet at Memphis from the record low that was recorded last week. And now the government projections uh, actually calling for a slight improvement here over the next five, six, seven days, a slight improvement. We're still going to be super low for a while. Uh, DTN reported yesterday that Cargill stopped taking delivery of corn and soybeans at some facilities in Kentucky and Illinois. And that's a trend that uh, we hope does not continue, but very well could continue if this river situation doesn't straighten itself out. U.S. new home sales fell in September. Purchases of new single-family homes declined at an annualized rate of 10.9%. I'm shocked it's not more than that, honestly. Uh, still, this number was better than expected. 603,000 total total new home sales. The expectation was 580. Uh, this is all about mortgage rates. U.S. 30-year mortgage rates rose to a peak of 7.1% last week. That's the highest since 2001. This rate increase, of course, has drastically reduced affordability. Now, new home prices and prices of, of housing in general, they've come down slightly, but still really sticky. Uh, new home prices are still up 13.9% versus the same month last year, according to Census Bureau data. At the end of September, there were 462,000 new homes for sale. That's the most since 2008. Some home builders reporting that purchase contracts fell sharply. A lot of deals were canceled in the third quarter. So there's like two sides to this. I think some people would argue this is an indicator of a recession, right? Uh, I would probably argue that this is more of a return to normalcy. What happened in the housing market the last couple of years is not normal. It was 
just a phenomenal spike in housing prices with you know record low interest rates. Uh, I think we're normalizing to some extent, to some extent. We do have a GDP report out this morning at 7.30 a.m. Central Time. Economists uh, surveyed by the Wall Street Journal estimate that the economy grew at an inflation-adjusted 2.3% in the third quarter. So you saw uh, GDP contractions during the first and second quarter of the year. Um, generally, you know that's like your recession marker, two consecutive uh, GDP declines. And we saw that, but it's up to um, the National Bureau of Economic Research to decide if we're in a recession or not. And they haven't said that we are uh, just yet. But anyways, you're looking for a, a, in a positive GDP number this morning. Uh, that number will be out at 730. Uh, could be a market mover. We do have an export sales report at 730 a.m. Central Time. Corn sales for the current marketing year expected 350 to a million. Soybean sales, uh, 800,000 to 1.6. Wheat sales should be like bottom of the barrel again, 100,000 to 450. Cattle market was higher yesterday. Feeder cattle uh, mostly higher. Some cash trade uh, in the Western Corn Belt reported 151 to 152. Light volume, not enough to establish a trend. U.S. dollars a little bit higher. Stock markets mixed. Bonds are down just a little bit. Crude oil up 40 cents in the December WTI 88.32 as trade. Have a great day, guys. I'll talk to you Friday.